So, John's Gospel, very deep, very profound. I'm going to hopefully not delve too deep, but make it fairly simple um, without losing some of the profoundness, profundity, I don't know. So, theme of light and the absence of light, of understanding, of ignorance. We get, in this story, um, the next verse gives us the second one, but they all link together. We get two of the great seven I am statements of Jesus. And I hope that we will see what it says about Jesus and how we might respond So I'm going to begin with a bit of background, as usual, move into a bit of context of John, because to understand what Jesus is saying, we need to understand what went before, and to begin to explore what Jesus may be saying for us personally, as well as for the world. So very briefly, John's Gospel, a couple of things to note, it probably was the Apostle John, there's lots of eyewitness accounts, eyewitness details probably quite elderly, so he's had a lot of time to reflect about what he's seen, about what he's heard, time with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus, to ponder some of the deeper truths. And it's a very different gospel from the other three. In fact, John himself says, a lot of people have written about Jesus. I'm not going to add to that. I have a very different purpose, he says. I have a very unique purpose, which is I've carefully chosen what I write down so that you might believe that Jesus is who he says he is and therefore you might begin to possess eternal life. He has no other agenda. The other three other Gospels, there's a lot of focus in them about Jesus saying to his followers, but who do you say I am? A question for each of us. Jesus saying to us, But who do you say I am? John's the other way around. This is Jesus saying, let me tell you who I say I am. So, background to the passage that Rosie read. uh, Jesus has already begun to challenge the religious community regarding his relationship with God and his own existence with God and before creation. Not surprisingly, they're a bit upset. The theme of light and the absence of light, darkness, has come in, and both of those things play into what follows. What follows happens actually earlier in chapter 9. There's one of John's stories. He doesn't tell a lot of stories. Each story is relevant to what comes next. And this is quite a lengthy story. It's about a lad who's been born blind, so he's never had an opportunity even to see. Unsurprisingly, Jesus heals him. And he reveals himself. He says, I am the world's light. And then he withdraws. And what follows, if you read chapter 9, is both amusing and tragic. Because what happens is all the religious community, the authorities, they then grill him. Who was it? What happened? Are you sure you were blind? Ask the parents. Are you sure he was blind? It must be of the devil. And eventually towards the end you can hear the frustration of the lad 
as he says, I don't know. All I know, I was blind, now I can see. The result is they excommunicate him from the synagogue, which is really serious because it, it, it isn't even like being thrown out of church. It meant nobody, even your family, should communicate with you. So it's very serious. And John says, Jesus hears about this, and Jesus goes to find the lad. And again, he reveals himself. But this time, he reveals himself as the Son of Man, the promised one from the lad's scripture, from Ezekiel and from Daniel. The lad hears, he sees, he worships. Then we come to the reading. So you can see that there's a ferment going on. And the Pharisees have just said, so are we blind as well? And this is how Jesus responds. The reading that Rosie read. And he says, pay attention. This is an important truth. What he actually says is amen twice, amen, amen, which is both emphatic and also it's the Hebrew word that we use all the time, but it actually, it's quite difficult to define, but it means believe this, this is true, or it is or it shall be true. So it's kind of pay attention, this is important. He says first, I am the door. My sheep, my flock, my community, my followers, they hear me, they recognise me, they follow. I lead them in and out. And he says a couple of things that I think are relevant for us. First, he says, I call each and every one of them by their name. Jesus is concerned with you with me. He speaks to each one of us personally and individually. Secondly, he says, and they recognise me. They follow my voice. And he says, anyone at all who chooses me as the way into life, this is verse 9, will be saved will be free, will be safe, and will find safe pasture, which reminds us of <coughs> Psalm 23 that Viola read. In other words, we'll find peace, we'll find confidence, we'll have a sense of sufficiency, have enough, a sense of life without fear. So, I call you by your name, and if you listen, if you choose me, you are safe. As part of this passage, he then goes on to say to them, I am the good shepherd. So what does this add? Remember that the Pharisees are the ones who ask the question. So, as well as speaking to the religious leaders, they understand the imagery from scripture when he says that. There are good leaders, there are bad leaders. 
There's a lot of imagery of shepherds throughout the Old Testament, throughout their scripture. David was a good shepherd. Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. Scripture also has a lot to say about religious shepherds who are good and bad. So why is he the good one? Well, he says, because, firstly, I care for each and every one of my sheep. Secondly, perhaps surprisingly, in verse 12, they're mine. I own them. And then he says, and I lay down my life for them. He's saying to the Pharisees, which of you can claim these three things? I can. <clears throat> so that's a bit about the story. There's so much more that we could say about it and more than I even begin to understand. But how does that impact us today, you and me? First of all, remember, it's not just any old story about Jesus. John's only interest is firstly that you, that I, come to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And that through this, we can begin to possess life in all its fullness, eternal life, straight away. Does that mean things don't go wrong? No. It's something of the spirit that we can be confident in our spirits even when things go wrong. And Jesus did claim, and he still does, the proof being his resurrection and the gifting of the Spirit of God to each of us. That voice that we can recognise and follow. Yes, we need to test, we need to make sure that it's God's voice and not our own our own. But Jesus did claim, and he still claims to be, before the world, in the world, beyond it. And if you go to John chapter 1, we're, we're all probably all familiar, the famous word. I mean, it's pretty mind-blowing, difficult to get our heads around. That Jesus claims to be concerned with you and with me personally and individually. Something also that sometimes is surprisingly difficult to get our heads around, isn't it? That he calls each one of us personally and individually to invite each of us to enter into his life, to begin to enjoy a new, if you like, level or quality of life straight away. As I said, not that things don't go wrong, but that we experience in our spirits that peace beyond understanding. So if all of this is true, if John's Gospel is true, our response surely will be firstly to want to know him better day by day. To read stories about him, especially the Gospels, those four books, to get to know who is this man, what kind of character, 
is he? What does he say about us, about himself, about God? To spend time with him, reading, in prayer, in reflection. And if you don't mind me saying, the bath very often is a good place to reflect. I'm sure you have other places. And to invite him to lead us day by day in the big decisions, even in the tiny ones, to recognise his voice, to realise that he's with us always and that he's interested even in the tiny things that we say, I'm not sure I'm conflicted about what to do about this. So Jesus claims to be our safety, our Lord, that he laid down his life for us. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for each of us that we may grow in faith that we may grow in that trust that Jesus is who he says, before the world, in the world, and beyond it. That we may know that his spirit is with us, always. That we can trust him with our life and beyond. And Lord, that day by day we may grow in confidence that Jesus is the Lord of life, that he is intimately involved in the life of each one of us, personally, that we are safe when we place ourselves in his care. And Lord, that we may grow in confidence that these things are true and that we may continue and all begin in our journey of life to the full with God. I ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.